to Sports Scope, the most influential sports talk show in the nation. Stay tuned for updates and great sports content. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this 30th day, last day of November, folks. Big game on tonight. Uh, well, somewhat big, I guess. You know, Seattle, Dallas, a couple of big brands, particularly Dallas. Uh, speaking of big, big brands, I've got Mike Richmond coming on. Uh, as you can see at the bottom of the screen here, uh, Mike Richmond is a uh, writer. Uh, he is a Washington Commanders uh, historian. It would be the uh, proper uh, way to describe this gentleman. He's got a book called uh, George Allen, A Football Life. And uh, it's about the former Washington, uh, then Redskins coach. And uh, I also wanted to mention the Ford is written by uh, the great Dick Vermeil, Super Bowl winning uh, coach there. So he'll be in 30 minutes past the hour. Plus, Zach Ertz has got granted a, a release. Uh, pretty funny um, situation, the way that planned out. Uh, if he makes through waivers, Ertz will be, if he makes it through waivers, uh, Zach Ertz will be able to sign with another team. Uh, good chance he goes back to the Eagles, perhaps, or maybe uh, a few other teams there. I'll talk about that in here in just a second. Plus, I'll give you a, a few games, not not five games against the spread because I have a guest tonight. I'll talk about that and more. Let's go ahead and get our only break out of the way. We'll be back here. 49 seconds, hit the ground running here on Sports Scope. Hello, SportsCo followers. The program has seen tremendous growth since going five days a week. I just want to thank everybody for your cash contributions and sharing the program uh, with friends and families. Just a reminder, if you want to contribute to the program, go to the cash app, the, word, the cash sign, and SportsCo. There are other ways to contribute to the program listed at the bottom of the screen. If you want to advertise on the program, go to sports, that is sports with an S, another S, scope, S-K-O-P-E, at gmail.com, just like it's listed at the bottom of the screen. Thank you, and enjoy the program. All righty then. Okay, tonight's game. Now, Dallas at home against Seattle. Uh Geno Smith is supposed to be healthy. He's made, he strides ahead of where he was last week. Uh, so that Geno Smith is, is supposedly, according to Pete Carroll, he, he's he's going to be way better. Uh, we'll see about that. Uh, I'll tell you what, though, guys, Dallas at home. Um, for the record here, you know, a lot of people. I, I know Carlos kind of kind of poo pooed the fact that I said Dallas was not number five team in my power ranking as of today, even though they have not beat up on great teams, uh, Dallas, Dallas has, uh, the best average, uh, uh, points per game in the NFL, 31.5. They have passed Miami, uh, Miami at 31.8. Uh, Dak is having a career season folks. I mean, it is what it is. He's, he's having a great year. 
uh, what is it, DeBron Bland or whatever. They had uh, Dallas set the record for most pick sixes during a season five or something like that. Uh, he's playing really good defensive back for the Cowboys. Uh, good chance, by the way, they may get Shaq Leonard. Uh, Shaq is going to make his decision this weekend. He met up with the Eagles and the Cowboys. Uh, side note there. But that being said, Dallas, anywhere from eight and a half to nine and a half point favorites here. You could add this to my points against the spread, like Dallas to win the night uh, and cover that 34 16. Um, I, I think they play well. They, I think they play well. Uh, they have played well at home. I do not. There's no reason to say why they will not continue to play well at home. Uh, Seattle is, is um, they are an up and coming team. Okay, I've talked about this last week with Geno Smith. Last Friday show, um, or was it Thursday? I can't remember. Makes no never mind uh, with, with the kind of uh, skill positions that that um, that that Seattle has at this point, uh, and their offensive line, which is above average, it's not great. It's above. It's very young. It's very young. They should be producing better than what they are. Geno Smith has taken a step back. He looks more like the guy towards the end of last season. If you go back and look at some of the box scores. When they played um, that cold, cold day, uh, Christmas Eve, uh, that Saturday before Christmas last year, uh, they laid a total egg at Kansas City. Uh, I think Kansas City beat them like 31 to 7. He was a huge disappointment. Their secondary was nowhere near as good as it is now, uh, the Chiefs there. So, anyways, uh, Geno Smith, they're going to have to get a quarterback, you know. Uh, they, they've got some pieces on defense. I like uh, Devin Witherspoon at cornerback. He may get a pick tonight. He may pick Dak Prescott. Uh, I, I like him. Jamal Adams uh, hasn't been as healthy as Seattle would, would have liked him to be. But, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're decent up front. Probably could use another defensive tackle in the draft coming up. A uh, little long in the tooth. I know they got Wagner back at the linebacker position. But uh, they're they're getting better at the cornerback there, and uh, if you look at guys like J- Jason the Jigma Smith, not quite not quite as good as um, as expected. A lot of that may be because Smith's play. Uh, you throw DK Metcalf in there, lock it. I mean, that's a pretty good skill group there. Noah um, Noah Faint was way better as a, as a Denver Bronco. So. Uh, they're probably a year off. They need the quarterback. Uh, I think they will get a quarterback. I don't know when, in the first round, a free agency or what. I think they'll do something, probably not a big chunk free agency because they're still old Geno Smith some money. But they've got to answer that question towards the end of the season coming in. They should not have lost to the Rams. I mean, that was just two losses to a Ram team that's got a lot of holes in their secondary. The Rams are still in the playoffs, but um, all that being said, again, I like Dallas tonight to win and cover to talk about that in a nutshell. Okay, now, Zach Ertz. Pickle says Zach Ertz uh, knows the Eagles. This is this is hilarious, guys. Okay, now, Zach Ertz, had he, he talked 
the uh, Arizona Cardinal management into releasing him. And in Rappaport reports, before he was released, Arizona Cardinals tied in. He put this on his Twitter feed, X feed or whatever, in Rappaport, uh, for him to give up one game check this week to facilitate the move. Uh, he's given up a whole game check. Now, depending on what site you go to, uh, whether it be for Pro Football Focus or, or Pro Football Focus, Pro Football Talk, or um, this spot track here that I, I like to go to, uh, he's basically anywhere from three hundred to six hundred thousand dollars just to get the bleep out of Arizona Pickles. Is that hilarious or what? And they're like, okay, we'll get out of here then. They they traded for him a couple years ago. Uh, with the Eagles, now the Eagles have Dallas Godert, um, who's injured. Uh, he did play with the Eagles before. He's a much better player, a little bit older player, but a much more talented player than a Dallas Godert. Uh, Arizona's rebuilding. I don't know if I would have granted him that, though. I, I would have maybe, because I think he's got another year left. I would have probably tried to trade him in the offseason. Uh, I was surprised. They did what they did, but the owner is is pretty cheap. Maybe he simply wanted to save that game check, but he forfeited a game check to facilitate this thing. Now, again, he's got to get through waivers, okay? Now, if he – I could have swore I had this stuff. Okay, here we go. All right, pro football talk. They're, they're really good at um, – Ertz contract. If only one team that Ertz wouldn't want to uh, join that makes the claim, uh, anyone who claims Ertz, he's still on waivers, anyone who claims Ertz would assume the balance of $8.755 million contract with the Cardinals on the hook for week 13. A new team would owe him $2.43 million, and they've only got, what, five or six games left. So, yeah, quite a bit of money. Okay, given his performance to the date, it's it's a lot to pay. But if a team like a Commanders or the Giants wants to simply prevent the Eagles from bringing back an old friend who could simply become a key contributor down the stretch, uh, Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk says, Ertz could retire or otherwise not show up if claimed by a team he doesn't want to play for. He would be losing $2.43 million when you get older. That's a lot of money. Now, I know he's made quite a bit, but there's no way I would do that. But I do know that Deion Sanders did it when Marty Schottenheimer, uh, they, he got claimed and uh, he, he retired. And he didn't want to play for Marty Schottenheimer is what I, what I read. Okay. So it's far better for the Cardinals if he's claimed. If, if Ertz isn't claimed, to be entitled to the balance of his salary as a termination pay unless he agreed to waive in order to get released. Regardless, there's a way for any non-Super Bowl contenders to throw a wrench in Ertz's plan. Whether any team will do it uh, is a different question. Whether any team can, the truth is uh, that every team can. Uh, so why are you claiming him when you're two and nine, Spite? <laughs> Uh, uh, so I know that sounds, but yeah, so Mike said that he, he, you know, he's seen this before with, um, with Deion Sanders, not wanting to play for Marty Schottenheimer when he was coaching 
the then Washington Redskins, which again, I've got a guest coming on here, uh, just writing a book about George Allen, former coach of the then uh, Redskins, um, coming up here in just a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Pickle says spite. Yeah. So why are you claiming him? Yeah. Spite. Spite. Uh, well, I'm taking this. I'm taking, yeah. Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, he didn't like the way this guy assumed that him and Elaine, uh, this suit salesman in air quotes, he didn't like the way that he assumed that they were together. Okay. And he, the guy was real kind of uh, uppity and arrogant to clean it up. Uh, so he takes this suit back and, um, and the lady's like, what are you taking a suit back for? He said, well, spiked. He said, and then she's like, well, I don't know if we can take it back for spite. So she goes to the manager. She's like, well, I'm have, let me go ask my manager. And uh, he's, you can hear Jerry in the background, you know, uh, looking at him. And and she doesn't walk too far away. And you can, the, the, can't, the, the uh, microphone can pick up uh, the woman talking to the manager. And she's like, he said spite. Uh, the guy, and then the manager's like, Spike. And then a guy comes up to Jerry. <laughs> Why are you taking a suit back, Spike? Well, sir, we don't take suits back for Spike. Uh, well, I don't like it. And they said, Well, you already said Spike, you know. So it was a really funny. Show. I missed that show. Uh, you know, sometimes when I when I renew my um Netflix, they, they've got it right now, and I'll go back and watch some of the old classics, but uh, so. <laughs> So basically, somebody could claim Zach Ertz for spite against the Eagles, and part of me kind of wish they would. I mean, Eagles are really stacking their team. I hope that Dallas uh, can find a way to Shaq, uh, sign Shaq Leonard, you know. And, and so we'll, we'll see how that thing plays out. Now, okay, other points against the spread here. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. Uh, okay, now Miami, Miami minus nine and a half at Washington Commanders. Speaking of the Devils here, uh, remember a few weeks ago, the Raiders went down to Miami, double-digit underdogs, I want to say 13 and a half points. Miami coming off a bye week, looked like a perfect storm for the Dolphins to roll like they have early in the season, back when they played uh, Denver and uh, put 70 points on them. Well, that didn't happen because that, that was one of my predictions. Remember, folks, uh, that was a seven-point game. The The Raiders covered. The Raiders covered on the road. Uh, Washington, Washington is getting nine and a half at home. Now, mind you, folks, Washington got humiliated just a week ago tonight, right? Tonight's Thursday. A week ago was Thanksgiving uh, they got humiliated uh, at uh, uh, 40 million people watched that game in Dallas, okay? And after that game, Ron Rivera ends up firing Jack Del Rio, fired the defensive coordinator. And, uh, you know, teams that usually get beat like that bounce back, okay? Uh, this game's going to be played at Landover, Maryland, where, where the commanders play. Um, I expect the defense to really be spread out and and probably play some type of zone. I do think that two things can be true. I do think they'll get a lot of yards. I do think Tyreek Hill will probably get 
125, 140 yards in this game, okay? Uh, but I, I also think that this team will play better. They know that Rob Rivera's job is on the line. It may not save his job regardless. He's probably uh, dead men walking, um, you know, job-wise anyways. But that being said, I think the pride will take place here. I think they'll run the ball with Brian Robertson. I think, obviously, I do think Miami will win the game. And plus, this is a second road game for Miami, too. They went home, went back on the road. So uh, this feels like a, a 27-23 Miami wins. But Washington, that nine and a half is a lot of points now. Uh, I, I think they will cover that. Okay, now this one's a little bit more tricky. This is tricky. Okay, Kansas City... Sunday night, we'll play at the Packers. Packers playing a lot better football here lately. Just went on about uh, Jordan Love, his improvement with this team. Uh, but also, I, I like this Rashid Rice here, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs usually play really good in, in prime time here. Um, cloudy, a little bit of rain. This game will be played in Green Bay here in Lambeau Field. Um I know, I know they beat the Detroit Lions by seven points. They come back home, playing a little bit better. But this Chiefs team, um, really good defensive team, very underrated from a defensive span, standpoint. I actually think that the uh, Chiefs, the Chiefs will win this game and cover. Um, I, I, I like Spagnato against this young quarterback here. Now they're six point favorites, but. It, it's close, 24-17, 24-17 there. Um, uh, 24-17, Chiefs win and barely, they barely cover there, okay? So, um, okay, here's another one, folks. Uh, listen, Eagles are a great team, all right? I, I do think they're a great team, but they have come off two big, heavily emotional games. Um, Monday night, then they played Sunday, late Sunday afternoon. Uh, Flexer Cox looks like there's a uh, – and Rappaport saying just before I came on the program, uh, there's a very good chance that he doesn't play in this game. Dallas Goldirk is week to week. That's why a lot of talk about uh, Zach Ertz just came up. By the way, so the whole thing about Zach Ertz, obviously the Eagles will be a play. Uh, the Ravens would be a play for the Eagles because Mark Andrews is out. Uh, so th those would be uh, big players for that, possibly Buffalo, because Dawson Knox is out. I think it's going to be a bidding war between the Ravens and, of course, his uh, former team. It's a very heavy, heavy favorite for the Eagles to get him back, by the way. But I don't think that's going to happen Sunday. <laughs> uh, I don't think he can come back and play. Maybe they can figure it out, but I, I don't think so. I think he's good. he's taking this week off taking the game check off, and I think he'll be back next week. Either way, 49ers, Mutt Eric Armstead's supposed to be back. Pretty healthy. Healthy they've been in a long time here. A um, little bit of light rain. Uh, listen, folks, the Eagles are 27, 28, uh, depending on what week you watch against the pass. Um, I do think, I do think that um, – I think the 49ers get them back and they win this game. We'll talk about this again tomorrow with Carlos Mad New Yorker Chavez. But this feels like 27-22, 49ers get the road win. 
against the against the Eagles, and they covered. That's just two and a half. You know, they're two and a half point favorites on the road. Okay, this is the game of the week, but this is also a game that I like against the spread, folks. So uh, this is one prime time money. 49ers will run the rock. Yeah, yeah. Even though Eagles got a good defensive line, the Niners will find a way to run between the gaps there on the corners with that zone block and running scheme with um, Christian McCaffrey here. This would be really impressive if the Eagles can win these next. The Eagles got Dallas next week. And see, Dallas is playing tonight. Um, This is a huge advantage for Dallas. They're playing tonight. Not unless somebody big gets injured tonight. Go figure. But um, Dallas playing tonight. Okay, Eagles are playing late Sunday afternoon. They're going to play. Um, they're going to play Dal- at Dallas next week. Here, I don't know what the time is. That maybe they flex it out. Uh, but either way, the Eagles. This is the toughest part of their schedule. And then after this, I want to say they got Arizona and the Giants twice. Uh, after this, and then it's pretty much to walk in a park for the Eagles. You know. It's a walk in the park here for the Philadelphia Eagles. But I, I do like the uh, 49ers cover that two and a half. Uh, Kansas City cover that six. And, uh, and the Washington, Washington and the nine and a half at home against the Miami Dolphins. There were some other games that were pretty close here. Uh, I mean, Lions minus four and a half, the Saints. Lattimore still out there leading corner. I can't trust either one of these teams right now because the cornerbacks are out for the Lions. I didn't touch that game, uh, Pickles. I, I just, uh, you know, uh, the Saints are getting four and a half at home. Both teams coming off loss. Both teams really need these wins. Uh, the teams like the Titans plus one and a half. Uh, that was tempting to take that against the Colts, but the Colts are playing much better now. Look how good. The Colts' offensive line is Gardner, Minshew, Titans, shaky secondary. I, I could see the Titans finding a way to run the ball and move it uh, against that shaky secondary of of the of the Saint uh, of of the Colts as well. Uh, uh, Mike uh, Evans ha- had a good day against the Colts last week. Games like that that are really close that you could see. Go, that, hey, there's a stay away from games. The, the Titans and the Colts are staying away from games. Uh, the, 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 the Lions and the Saints is a stay away from game. Uh, the Falcons and the Jets, that may be the worst game on TV. Pickles. I mean, the Falcons and the Jets, maybe you take the – maybe if you want to alternate the spread, the Jets are getting one and a half. You, you, can, you have the option to do that on FanDuel. You can alternate the spread there. Maybe give the Jets seven and a half. Uh, something like that of that nature, yeah. Yeah, may, maybe take the Jets. But other than that, uh, Aaron Rodgers is refusing to rule out early return despite quarterback admitting he remains somewhere near ready. Uh, after So uh, I don't know if Rodgers – maybe they feel motivated by that. They play well. They beat the Falcons. But my thing is um, – that that is a that is an awful game. That game will be on red zone pickles. That particular game will be on red zone all day, and nobody wants to watch it. I mean, 
I don't even know the name of the backup quarterback right there for, I know it's going to be Ritter versus uh, whoever the Jets side to put in there. That other guy they played, uh, they got, they got smoked against the, um, the other guy they got, um, who, who was it? (laughs) (laughs) that the the Dolphins went up there and beat up on last week. Okay, so it looks like um, Mike Richmond is backstage. Perfect, my friend. Perfect. Okay, Uh, so let me introduce my guest here. Uh, Mike Richmond is a Washington Commanders historian, independent journalist, and uh, he can correct me if I'm wrong there. He wrote a book. He wrote quite a few books about the organization, uh, tonight, we'll talk about the latest book he has. Let me make sure I got this right. George Allen, A Football Life. The Ford is written by uh, Dick Vermeil. So let's go ahead and bring Mike in. Hey, Mike, how you doing? How you doing, Pickles? <laughs> no, I'm Robert. <laughs> I'm Robert, I'm sorry. I see. Yeah, Pickles <laughs> on the screen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you know something that how do you um how do you know uh uh uh, uh well, I'm starting to say Mike Brabel. Um oh god, who who wrote your Ford there? Nick Vermeil. <laughs> Nick Vermeil, excuse me. Yeah. Hi, uh, by the way, I wore the maroon tie in honor of the Washington Commanders slash Redskins. How about that? Okay. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. How do you know Dick Vermeil? I mean, I love Dick Vermeil. I mean, he's great. Right. Oh, I don't, I don't know him personally. I know of him and I know that he was George Allen's selection as special teams coach in 1969. Okay. Allen hired one of the first special teams coaches in the league who happened to be Dick Vermeil. The Eagles hired Marv Levy the same year, 1969. So they, those two were the first two special teams coaches. So I knew right off the bat that he would have some great things to say about George Allen, and sure enough, he did. It wow. was a great forward, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was researching the program, um, for the program last night. Sometimes I get insomnia, right? And I was looking at an interview of George Allen, like 1975, and I like what he said. He said, yeah, I really like this guy. You know, I like – and I, he was talking about Marv Levy. I'm like, man, Marv Levy. And you said – Dick Vermeil, two Super Bowl, uh, it's two Super Bowl level coaches. He's got a heck of a coaching tree. Oh, he absolutely does. I mean, not only Vermeil and Levy, but there were other assistants that coached under him who went on to become great head coaches in the NFL, such as Ted Marchabroda, being one. Who, okay. After being an assistant with Allen with the Los Angeles Rams and the Redskins, Marchabroda, of course, went on to uh, have some great years with the Baltimore Colts. And uh, later, I believe, uh, he, well, he coached the Indianapolis coach in, in later years. But, uh, yeah, he, he's one of them. But there were many other assistants that coached under Allen that went on to uh, to great Chris Howard Schnellenberger, great college coach. Yeah. Won Bobby national Hurtay. championship in Miami in 1983. He was an assistant under Allen in, I think, both 66 and 67, or maybe just been one of those years. But he was it was an assistant under Allen back, back then, yeah. So – He's, he was Bill Parcells before Parcells. What's that? <laughs> Is he Bill Parcells before Parcells? You know, everybody was, talks about Parcells' coaching tree, you know? Yeah, well, well, Allen was so defensive-oriented, and Parcells was the same thing. They, yeah. they, Their primary focus 
for both of them was defense, although Allen also incorporated a special teams. He was a pioneer in the uh, in the area of special teams in the NFL. So he was a pioneer in both uh, defense and special teams. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, man, you've wrote uh, – is this your third or fourth book? This is actually the fourth book I've authored. The first one was the Redskins Encyclopedia, which came out in 2007. That was a compilation of all the – years of the Redskins', Redskins existence up until that time, they were formed in 1932. So I went through the 2006 season, so that a total of 75 years. Wow. The book came out in 2007. I wrote the Washington Redskins Football Vault in 2010. Yeah. I wrote the text for that. That was a, uh, a heavy memorabilia book. The uh, game program covers, press pass, press passes, ticket stubs. I mean, they really made that book extra special, but I wrote the uh, the text for for that book, which was also a uh, you know, look at the Redskins going back to their origin. And then I wrote Joe Gibbs and Enduring Legacy. Oh, I, wrote, I love uh, Joe Gibbs. the text Gill. for that book, and I edited that book. Yeah, that came yeah. out in 2015. And that was actually published by his foundation, Youth for Tomorrow. But that was divided into four chapters, four main chapters, Redskins, NASCAR, big NASCAR owner, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Youth for Tomorrow, the foundation that he founded, and his spiritual mm-hmm. life. And now George Allen, a football life. Wow. Wow. So, you know, I was thinking to myself, I said, you know, Mr. Richmond here, <laughs> kind of like Bubba from Forrest Gump. He knows everything there is to know about the history of the Washington Commanders. <laughs> well, what I know yeah. quite a bit, yes. Yeah. And I've known I, I've known them mostly as the Washington Redskins over the years. Yeah. I mean, the Commanders just uh, you know, it was initiated I think 2021. So I've known them mostly as, as the Redskins and George Allen, when he coached the team, they were known as the Redskins back then. And also you ask most of the players today, they of course played for the team, the great players, they played for the team when they were known as the Redskins and even you know, don't have to be great players, but any players for that matter, yeah. they want to be remembered as Washington Redskins. Yes. Yes. And you, you mentioned that in the email and don't let me forget that you mentioned the the logo that George Allen he had what what is the connection with him with the Washington Redskins logo that that is fascinating it is a fascinating story so prior to the 1972 season a prominent Native American named Walter Blackie Wetzel he was chairman of Blackfeet Nation okay. in Montana but he also had a presence in Washington D.C. he uh, was uh, president of the National Congress of American Indians for several years in the early to mid sixties. So he, he liked the Redskins, you know, he followed them when he was in DC and prior to the 72 season, he approached George Allen, who was the Redskins coach at the time. And he said, coach, listen, I don't like the R on the Redskins helmets that it was a R logo that Vince Lombardi had envisioned. Vince Lombardi coached here in 1969. So he wanted something resembling what he had in green Bay. He had the G in green Bay. So that's how the R on the helmet, came about. So the Redskins had that in the 70 and 71 seasons. So Walter Blackie Wetzel said, I don't like the the R on the on the helmets. We need something more creative, something yeah. depicting a proud Native American. Yeah. So Alan said, you know, go back to your your tribal officials, you know, come up with some ideas and come back to me. Let me know what you have found out. So he came back with a composite of the uh Native American chief on the Buffalo Nickel. Okay. which is the logo that existed on the Redskins helmet for almost a half century before it was re- retired in 2020. But Alan okayed that 
when when Wetzel came back with with the idea, Alan okayed that, and that's how that logo was approved. Wow. So I mean, that just goes to show you that it, it, there's a positive connotation behind Redskins. Well, I've been, I've tried to explain that to you know for thirty years since this since this controversy is re, you know, first resurfaced about a decade ago. Yeah. And then okay. obviously led to the to the retirement of the name and the logo. But I've tried to explain that. It was a Native American that was involved in the creation of the logo that existed yeah. on the Redskins helmet for nearly a half century. I mean, and actually that Native American, uh, Wetzel, he was quoted in the Washington Post in 2002 saying, it's only a minority of Native Americans that oppose the name. Most Native Americans look at it as a matter, something to be proud of. Yeah. The fierce looking Indian chief on the Redskins helmet, the uh, Indian chief that was on the Buffalo nickel. I mean, that is something they were so proud of. And, and Wetzel said it was only a minority of native Americans that opposed the name Redskins. I'm I'm sure that, you know, the polls have shown that over the years too. There's been major polls, Associated Press, Washington Post that have basically concluded the same thing. 90% of native Americans are not offended by it. So, yeah. Yeah, so um, I got a little ahead of myself. So why are you writing the book? <laughs> well, let me start by saying I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area, Montgomery County, Maryland, where I still live today. Montgomery County is a suburb of D.C. Yeah. So when Alan came here in 1971 to coach the Redskins, I, I was 10 years old at the time, and I just became hooked on that team. That was my team to follow every Sunday, and I would really, you know, I got so attached to the team that, you know, I would get be on a high if they won, and I would be yeah. depressed if they lost. I'm out so, of Nashville. I feel you <laughs> with the Titans <laughs> and right, University right, right. of Tennessee, the college team. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Great college team, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so I became that was my team, and I got to know Allen as as the coach, and I knew all the players and their numbers, and so forth. And even my father, he owned a men's clothing store uh, here, and he invited one of the players to come uh, for a promotional appearance, and it was running back Charlie Haraway, who was a Larry Brown's blocking back in the late sixties, early seventies with the Redskins. So I got to hang out with him for a day. I was in heaven that day. And so he had yeah. all these things up and I, I went to the two most famous games, two most famous wins in when Allen coached the Redskins here, the playoff games in 72, they beat green Bay in the opening round in the 72 season. Then they beat Dallas. They demolished Dallas in the championship game, 26 okay. to three. That was the crowning moment in Allen's. Who, who was the career. Dallas quarterback then? Roger Staubach. Well, Staubach. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Roger Staubach and uh, Morton had actually played most of that season because Staubach got hurt. Like I think yeah. into the like the fourth or fifth game into the season. So Morton played for the rest of the season. Then he got benched in the first round playoff game. The Staubach came in and he he led the Cowboys to a comeback win over the 49ers that year. Okay. So Staubach started that. That playoff game. Wow. You mentioned Larry yeah. Brown. I, I talked about uh, my interview with you at work today. Uh, uh, a gentleman, Philip, if you're watching, uh, he says he his dad got him involved with the Redskins. He says, ask you about Larry Brown. Uh, you just mentioned Larry Brown. He had self, some, he was partially deaf or was he full deaf? What's the issue with the ear situation there? Sure, he was partially deaf, or may still be today, but where's a hearing aid? I know that. But anyway, so when he was drafted by the Redskins in 1969, 
Lombardi noticed that he he wasn't hearing the, the signals like he should be when he okay. was in the, sitting up in the backfield. So Lombardi called him over one day and he said, uh, uh, Larry, can, can you hear me? And he couldn't hear him that well. They were in like the locker room or something. So he was fitted with a hearing aid. And that's how that that whole story surfaced. Okay. Lombardi had him fitted with a hearing aid. He didn't know he had a hearing problem? Not He was not. Well, Lombardi didn't draft him. He was drafted by the previous coach. Okay. Otto yeah. Graham. I, was, I believe he was drafted by his regime. But Lombardi noticed, I guess, when, when training camp came around in that summer, summer of 69, and Larry Brown was a rookie, Lombardi yeah. noticed that, that he had a hearing problem. He was struggling hearing the signals in the backfield when he when he was um, in a three-point stance in the backfield. Yeah. That, so, Lombardi, that's so Lombardi saw it for the first time. But Larry Brown had a great rookie season. He rushed for nearly 900 yards. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, runner-up in – NFL Rookie of the Year voting to Calvin Hill that year. Uh, then he had a 1,000-yard season in 1970. So Allen inherited him. It was one of the great players that Allen inherited when he came here in 1971. He he inherited uh, Charlie Taylor, great receiver in the Hall of Fame today. Jerry Smith, great tight end. He should be in the yeah. Hall of Fame. And I hope he, he gets considered uh, by the seniors committee someday. Um, Chris Hamburger, Hall of Fame linebacker. Mm-hmm. Allen inherited him too. Then he brought in some some really great veteran players, which was Allen's thing that he loved veterans. So he brought in Ron McDole and Berlin Biggs and Roy Jefferson, players like that. And so yeah. he made those Redskins a a really really competitive team. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I read that he won Coach of the Year twice, right? Yes, he won it once when he was in L.A. Yeah, and he won it uh, in 1971 as well when he coached okay. the Redskins. But they ne he never won a championship with Washington? That's never did. Okay. Actually, in his 12 years in the NFL, he never won a championship. But he came close. I mean, they he took the Redskins to Super Bowl seven in the 1972 season. They lost in that Super Bowl to the Dolphins. That was oh, a 7 yeah. no Dolphins team. So, But he, he took them to the Super Bowl that year. But other than that, he, he never took a team to the Super Bowl. Uh, he got knocked out of the first round of the – in the first round of the playoffs seven times in his career. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, six, uh, twice with the Rams and four times with the Redskins. After that 72 Super Bowl appearance, the Redskins kind of plateaued. They were a very good team, but they weren't really one of the elite teams in the league. Okay. So, But he, he had them in the playoffs uh, three more times after that 72 Super Bowl. Okay. So have you been like a season ticket holder this whole time? I've never held season tickets for the team. I, I – can get press credentials for the team. I've gotten press credentials over the oh, years. Oh, nice. Okay. Yes. I've gotten press credentials. I've done a lot, a lot of internal work for the organization over the years. Uh, I've written uh, the copy for their media guides a couple of years. I wrote, uh, they used to have a deal with Sports Illustrated Magazine, like a marketing supplement that appeared in, in Sports Illustrated. I wrote the, the text for, like we would pick out a historical theme as the text. And I wrote the text for that several years. And uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I've done a lot of work internally, but I've uh, gotten press credentials from them, and I yeah. really welcome that. Yeah, wow, that man, that is that is amazing. Uh, but look, interestingly, I've never uh, I've never had never been yeah. a seat ticket holder. Although my father had an opportunity when we first moved down here from uh, New York City in the mid '60s. Okay, he had a chance. There was somebody who lived very close to us uh, then in Bowie, Maryland. But he wanted to go in with my, my with my father, like on a co uh season ticket holder deal you know they'd split the home games yeah the season but my father 
decided not to. And it was actually, it ended up being a good time to be a Redskins season ticket holder because they were a really exciting team in the 60s. And then Allen took them to a new level when he came here to coach in 1971. Is Do you do you credit Allen for the value? There was an article in 1998. Uh, Forbes had the, 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 the Redskins as the second most valuable organization in the whole NFL, only to the Dallas Cowboys. You would think it would be Chicago or New York. Uh, why Why do you think, uh, What? What? what's the reason? And I know they fell off a little bit, but when Snyder took over, uh, they're still like, what, five or six or something like that? They're up there. I don't think they, they're at the same point they were in the late 90s and yes. for much of the early 2000s. They were up there. It, it wasn't only that one year, 1998. I mean, yeah. they were... They were worth like five, six billion dollars, and in fact, uh, Snyder just sold the franchise for six billion. So, yeah. um, but I think what you're alluding to with, with your question is that the fanaticism with the Redskins really started with George Allen in the early '70s. Okay, that's what I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got the background there, <laughs> right? The value of the team. Yeah, it became a very, very lucrative franchise when when Allen was coaching here in the '70s. It wasn't only because of Allen and the popularity that he. He created with the team. I mean, you have these lucrative television contracts as well. Okay. That increase the value for all the franchises. It just so happened that when, when Snyder purchased the team in, in 1999, yeah. he also uh, sold the naming or, or got or acquired the naming rights to sold the naming rights to the stadium because he, he bought the stadium too. Okay. So he sold the naming rights to FedEx for that. And um, so the, the team became, I mean, just astronomical in terms of its value at that time. What's the story about the Hogs? The Hogs were yeah, originated. I'm a big NFL network guy. I never understood the whole craze fan base with the Hog thing. <laughs> sure. Well, the Hogs originated during the Joe Gibbs one era. He came okay. here to coach in 1981. And that year he acquired a lot of the, the, the players who later became the Hogs. He yeah. signed Joe Jacoby as a free agent, offensive tackle. Uh, Russ Grimm, uh -huh. great guard out of Pitt. Signed him. Yeah. Um, Mark May, another great player out of Pitt, signed him too. So, and then he had a free agent, he inherited a free agent uh, center named Jeff Bostick. So, all okay. those guys became the Hogs and they remained with the Redskins throughout Gibbs' entire. So, that's Mark what the May, fans got to dressing up like the Okay. Right. Well, they were named the, the offensive coordinator, Joe Bugle, coined yeah. the term Hogs. It has something to do with. Uh, I guess one day in practice, uh, he wanted them to get down and dirty or something like that. You, you, you get, get, get down, pick pen. Yeah. So, so that's how the name was was originated. Wow! Wow! But what is your favorite? To this day. Yeah. What's your favorite team year wise for for the? I uh, know they got three three Super Bowls now uh, in the eighties. With Joe Gibbs, three different quarterbacks. What's your favorite year? What what year that really sticks out more than the others? Um, being a longtime fan and writer of the organization. Sure, I I would have to say. Well, I'll just go with Gibbs' greatest team, which was the '91 team. It was the '91. Okay, it you know that was the first Super Bowl I've ever watched all the way through. I mean, I'm I'm 42 now. My dad watches the program. I've watched a little bit in the '80s of a little bit of the 85 Bears, that was a blur to me. I watched a little bit of the 89 Super Bowl, the Bengals and the 49ers. But that 91, Mark Ripken led 
Super Bowl team, Mark Schlereff on that team. I watched it all the way through. I was hooked on the NFL ever since. And you're saying that's the best team? I, I think of the three teams that went to the Super Bowl or that won Super Bowls, I think yeah. that was Gibbs' best team. The 83 team was a phenomenal team on offense. I mean, they were what they scored five or league record 541 points that wow. year. But the defense was really lax. I don't okay. think the defense was. I think the defense was much better in '91. It was a better. It was a more well-rounded team in '91. They still scored nearly 500 points that year. I mean, Rippin had an amazing season, and yeah. the Hogs. Rippin was, you know, he was as slow as a turtle. But the Hogs only allowed nine, nine sacks that year. Okay, Woo. so which really masked a lot of his wow. deficiencies, you know, in terms of a lack of mobility. Some of these offensive so, lines. Uh... Uh, allow that in one game nowadays. Big John Riggins. <laughs> yeah, well, Riggins was he wasn't with that team. He he retired, I believe, after the '85 season. But in his greatest year was was '82. Okay. He had some really great years in the in the early '80s. But he really came to life in '82 when he had that postseason. He rushed for more than 600 yards in that four game postseason because it was they added an extra playoff game because of that was one of the strike shortened seasons. Okay, so he had that that amazing postseason run literally and figuratively in the 82 season. And he was MVP of the Super Bowl when he rushed for 166 yards, Super Bowl 17. But he also had a great year in, in 1983. Um, but yeah, that, but that, in, to answer your question, I would say it wasn't only my favorite year, but that was Gibbs best team. So I would say since it's been 30, more than 30 years since they have had that dominant a team, yeah. I would have to say that's the team that I, you know, I really long for, put it that way. <laughs> I just, I'm glad you said that. Cause that was ironic, man. Cause like I said, that was the year I really fell for the NFL. And, and uh, that, that is, that is something else. Okay. Let's fast forward until now. Uh, you, you got a new owner here, Josh Harris. Uh, what's your thoughts on the organization going forward with uh, with the new ownership and all? Sure. Well, I think Harris and his team will really put their mark on the franchise for the first time with a new coach after the season. I, I think it's inevitable that, that Ron Rivera okay. and his staff are going to be fired. I don't think it's going to happen during the season. I think they're, they could be knocked out of the playoffs any of these coming weeks. I don't know what the mathematical situation is, like when, how many losses they need to have, but they, um, but the, I, I, he's going to go. I mean, Rivera has been here. This is uh fourth season yeah. and he's just been, been mediocre the whole time. He's really been a mediocre coach throughout his, his tenure in the NFL. He had, I think two great seasons. He had that 15 win season in, in Carolina, 2015. Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, Carolina. I believe he had an 11 win season in Carolina as well. Other than that, he's really been like a 500 level coach, but he's done going back to the hogs. He yeah. do, he's done very little with the offensive line, if anything. And this year we see it with all of the times that Sam Howell has been sacked. Yes. Or 60 times, if not more this season. Uh, you just have to think back to, to the hogs. And if, if you have that dominant offensive line, that will, I mean, first of all, they have, they have really good playmakers, uh, receivers, running backs, Sam Howell. I mean, he's, he's a, the future. We'll sound, so you're saying how we'll get another opportunity next year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think he's established himself as, as the franchise quarterback at this point, yeah. uh, heading into the future. Uh, they need an offensive line though. They need like the Cowboys, for instance, they have several future hall of famers on that offensive line, potential future hall of famers 
on that offensive line at least three players. You need a great defense as well, and they have they have good defensive players. But yeah. um, but anyway, to to your point, Harris they'll they'll make their their most uh, prominent stamp. Okay. They'll put their most prominent stamp on the team with a new coaching staff. What about a general manager and personnel? Are they, are they going to do something with that, or? or- I hope they do. I I think it's a lot of responsibility these days for the coach to to also be the GM. I I hope they go with with the GM if they separate that. They have a true general manager as well as you know somebody handling. Oh, was the, Rivera the picking the players? What's that? Was was Rivera picking the players? Like Belichick? He had he had a lot of oversight as a GM. Oh yes. God, yeah, he has had that. that yeah, that's that's that. I think, that it's, never I think works. it's a little outdated. I think it's a little outdated. Way outdated. But, um, but yeah. I think Rivera's time has come. I mean, he's. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Eric Bieniemy because he was brought here. Yeah. A lot of people. Well, thought yeah, he I don't even have to ask you the question. I was going to. Is, is he going to be one of the first to be interviewed? As good as the offense has been, or is he head coaching material? I don't. I think the jury's still out. Really, I mean, yeah. Uh, Howell's, like I said, you know, Howell's been in, incredibly productive as, as a quarterback in, in his second year in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, he's thrown. Uh, his touchdown passes and his, his total yardage. I mean, he's, he's among the, the tops in the league. So, um, but on the other hand, sacked quite a few times and yeah. uh, there's been other deficiencies with, with the offense. And that's what, that's what the enemy's focus is, is primarily on. So the jury's still out with him. It's, it's, it's mixed reviews. I don't know what's going to happen with the enemy, but it'll be very interesting to see if in the eyes of, of the new owners, he is, done enough to qualify himself to become the next head coach. Yeah. Yeah. If you had your choice, what would you do at coach there? If they say, well, you know what? You've covered the team a long time. Mike, we're going to give you uh open checkbook. Go after any coach you want to. Who would you like to see coach the, the commanders I'm, now? Yeah. I'm going to give you a little bit of a political answer. Well, first about the enemy, we got to wait and see, see the first guy the to interview. Yeah. I'll, I'll say well, that. Too. Let's wait and see till the end of the season regarding him now. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, it's been mixed reviews. I mean, I've seen it with my own eyes. There's there's just been so many problems with the offense, and uh, so let's give it him till the end of the season. Uh, I like to see a young, energetic coach. I mean, I don't know how the Eagles do it all the time. Yeah. Like Nick Sirianni. I mean, yeah, this is first NFL head coaching stint. Why can't we obtain somebody like that? Yeah, I I just I would like to see them get this young, energetic coach here. Um, and I, they've let so many coaches out the door. That they've had in house, um, uh, they've had the the Rams coach McVay. Oh, he was yeah. in house. He was in I house. I forgot uh, about with, that. Yeah, the floor with the Packers. Shanahan. He was in house. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, of course, he was in house. He was an assistant under his father. Yeah, uh, McDermott with Buffalo, I believe he was in house too. Okay. Cincinnati Bengals, Vikings coaches, they were here one time. So <laughs> we've just let so many of them out the door. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I kind of figured that with with Ron Rivera. At least you're thinking straight about. I mean, I like Rivera too. He seems like a decent guy. He won Coach of the Year twice. That's kind of a media award, but he he probably still get a job as a coordinator somewhere. What do you think? I don't know. I I don't know what his future in the NFL is going to be. I mean, he's he's not an old guy. I mean, what he about sixty years old? I mean, he certainly has yeah. some. Uh, he still some looks legs in terms of if he wants yeah. to still coach. I don't know if anybody would hire him as a. Head coach at this point, or DC or is he, what I'm saying. That defense. What's that? Defense coordinator. Yeah, I think he could be a defensive coordinator okay. somewhere. It'll be interesting to see if somebody brings him on in that role. I mean, he's a former linebacker. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I mean, that, I think that's he played with eighty-five Bears, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay, so I, I've got uh, at the bottom of the screen. Is, is that correct? Is, is the best way to get George Allen a football life? Uh, you're not getting any calls from NFL Network on that. <laughs> is it the best? I know you can get it at Amazon, but can you, it, you just Mike Richmond journalist.com? Is that is that, that correct? That is correct. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yes, that is my website. And of course, you can get it through Amazon, you know, all the traditional means. But um, through, if you want a signed copy, go to my website. If you want my my John Hancock on it. I'll personalize it for you. MikeRichmondJournalist.com. Yes, yes, folks. Uh, thank you, Mike. This has been a lot of fun. I'll probably order one myself, even though I've got a tight budget. Uh, I would love to bring you back on, sir. If if uh, something happens the day after um, the regular, what do they call it? Black Monday now. <laughs> right. It, I, I think I think it's imminent that that Rivera is going to be fired. So if yeah. you want me back on, I'll come back on, Robert, and I'll I'll yeah. give you I'll give you my analysis of what's going on. Yeah, man, this is awesome. And I want to tell everybody uh, not the two. I'm just telling you the truth here, folks. Uh, Mike is well known around the D.C. area. Do you still get do local interviews uh, from the TV that they ask you to still come on and break down stuff? Cause I've, I've seen quite a few interviews you've done over the years. Yeah, I have not. I'm not like a beat reporter or anything like that. Right. So I don't really break down the team that much. What You're I just do like is I do a though. Yeah. Historical, historical overviews of my work. I give a lot of that. I yeah. mean, I've had I've had a ton of interviews regarding the George Allen book, George Allen of Football Life. I mean, I've been on uh, radio stations, um, webcasts such as yours, and yeah. podcasts. So. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of interviews about that. I've had other historical interviews over the years. A uh, local radio station, I remember them interviewing me, WJFK, in the summer of 2020, yeah. when Snyder announced that he was uh, they, he was uh, forming an exploratory committee to retire the name and logo. And so JFK brought me on. They wanted my analysis. And I basically explained to them a lot of the same things I explained to you, yeah. that it was a Native American that envisioned the logo. I also said it was, you know... A, it was primarily pre-Hollywood. I mean, I think the term Redskins at times was used in a derogatory way, but okay. it was really Hollywood that took it to a new level in the old Westerns. Oh, okay. I explained that too. I think yeah. I mean, they would use uh, the term Redskin in a very insulting, <laughs> derogatory way. For the Americans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just, do you think maybe they'll try to bring it back? Is there any chance? Well, you know, it's interesting. The uh, the new owners, several of them over the summer, including Magic Johnson and Harris and even um, Mitch Rails, another minority partner, they mentioned they used the term Redskins in the context of of the glory years from the past. Yeah. Now, whether they'll do it, whether they'll rename the, the team Redskins. See, I don't think Commanders is going to last. I think it's kind of a the it's old. like a, it's such a vanilla name. That <laughs> vanilla. I Thank you. I don't think it really inspires anybody. <laughs> yeah. I think. Because Redskins can be so controversial mm -hmm. that they, I think that the best situation would be if they pick a nickname that still evokes something from the past, such as speaking of the Hogs, such as Red Hogs. That would I think be Red, Red Hogs would be great. Yeah, Red, yes. Red Wolves, Red Hogs, um, something along those lines. So Red Hogs, I mean, you're, you're talking about the, the Hogs offensive line from the past, so it evokes 
when that, that great glory period when the Hogs were so prominent. They were the best offensive line in the game at the time. Wow. Well, that's perfect. There we go. Man, we got all the problems solved. <laughs> so, but in answer to your question, I, I don't think Commanders is going to last. I think Commanders won't. Point, okay, you're breaking news here. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm saying I don't think – I mean, I've never had a conversation with any of the owners about this, yeah. but I think at some point they're when, – when, when they've been here a few years, I don't think it's going to happen overnight. Okay. When they've been here a few years, when they're established a little bit, uh, I think that – I don't think Commanders is going to be here for – a really extended period. Okay. Have you met Magic Johnson? I forgot he's a minority owner there, right? I have not met Magic Johnson, but I saw Mitch Rails in the press box at the last oh. home game, the Giants game on November 19th. Actually, uh, one, he, he does come in the press box occasionally at halftime of the games. And this game, he came in at halftime. I shook hands with him. and um, Wow. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a Montgomery County native, as is Harris. Harris is from Montgomery County, Maryland, too. So yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't realize that the the the, the stadium's in Landover. Not unless that's changed. No, it's still Landover. Oh, okay. <laughs> Land Prince George's County, Maryland. It's just about a um, twenty-five mile drive from where I am on a Sunday morning. I mean, it's a hop, skip, and a jump. It's, it's so easy to get there. But yeah. Um, but yeah, Rails and and Harris are from Montgomery County, Maryland, DC suburb, and so wow. they they know about the the glory years of the Redskins, and they want to bring that back. Wow. Made me think about that song, Glory Days. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jersey, I know. <laughs> You're in Nashville? Yeah, I'm out of Nashville. Yeah. So let me. So the Redskins at one time were known as the team of the South. Wow. Yeah, they were the southernmost uh, attraction in the NFL. Because right, because there the were no Panthers other teams. didn't come until later. Yeah, Atlanta didn't come Atlanta later, came right? in, in 1966, I believe. Uh, okay. New Orleans was 67. Um, and of course, you know, Carolina and, uh, uh, and, um, and ten the Tennessee franchise, the Florida teams. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Florida, the Dolphins came around 66. Jacksonville was like nineties, but, uh, but yeah. Carolina was nineties and, uh, Nashville was nineties as well. So yeah. Later nineties for us. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, the Redskins were the southernmost team in the NFL and their owner at the time formed this, this vast broadcasting network. The games were broadcast all throughout the South, including in Tennessee. In wow. fact, uh, Steve Spurrier, who's a Tennessee native, I remember him saying when he came on as the Redskins coach in 2002 yeah. that he they would get Redskins games down there. That was the team they followed. And Joe Gibbs, wow. too. Joe Gibbs, too, being from North Carolina, he said the same thing. But, uh, man, small. Yeah, <laughs> Spurrier. Yeah, he's from East Tennessee. Uh, Johnson City, right? Yeah, yeah. He's over there close to Oak Ridge. There's like a nuclear plant and everything. And he still loves to rub it in, man. <laughs> I'm a University right. of Tennessee fan. So right. Yeah. And he was Florida. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's Florida guy. And Tennessee didn't want to play the kind of offense. And he that's why he went to Florida and won the Heisman. But uh, hey, you're really taking me back here. Yeah. How long was he there? Two or three years? Did you think he was going to last with the with the Redskins? Uh, he lasted here only two years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't a pro coach. He, I don't, he didn't really like it here. Yeah. He was here 2002, 2003. And, uh, yeah, he brought a lot of his college players here who, who couldn't, they couldn't hack it in the NFL. So Danny Warfel, right? Danny Warfel. And, uh, there was, there was another quarterback he brought from Florida. I forgot who that was. 
It's oh. been so long. It's been more than 20 it's years. Such a nightmare. You just like to forget those years, huh? Yeah. Oh, it was such a nightmare. Well, the 2002, he was 7 and 9. Yeah. Yeah. Close to 500. Too bad. 2003, oh, they were so horrible in 2003. They were 5 and 11 that year. Uh, there was just so much turmoil in within the team. That yeah. was the year that Bruce Smith broke the sack record. Oh, and yeah. Bruce Smith, and Bruce Smith, he sounded really selfish and self-centered. He said at one point, I have personal goals and team goals. His personal goals would be to break the sack record, and his team goals, obviously, he would want to see his team win. But to say something like that, it didn't – it wasn't a great public relations move. <laughs> yeah. I remember that year that, that, that Washington got all those stuff. Remember they got like Dion and uh, Bruce Smith. Bruce Everybody Smith. thought they was going to the Super Bowl in 2000. Yeah, Mark Carrier, Jeff George. Yeah. Oh, that was a disaster as well. That was 2000. That was actually Snyder's first chance to put his fingerprints on the team, yeah. the 2000 season. See, 99, he owned the team as well. And that was his best season owning the team. They finished 10-6 in the regular season and made the second round of the playoffs. The very following offseason, the 2000 offseason, he acquired all these free agents who had made their marks with other teams, who aging players. And yes. They really had no mileage left in them, very little mileage left in them. So he acquired them. He destroyed the chemistry from the 99 team by doing mm. that. Deion Sanders, he, he wasn't a Washington Redskin. Bruce Smith was a Buffalo Bills player. I mean, Jeff George was a mercurial player. I mean, he was getting in arguments with coaches and teammates yes. and everything. He had no right to be here at all. In fact, Marty Schottenheimer, who became the Redskins coach in 2001, he he kicked him off the team after the second game of the season. He couldn't stand him. Dion said that he wanted to – I read this today. He wanted to retire because of Schottenheimer. He didn't want to play for Schottenheimer or something like he that. Did, I believe he did step down at that point. Yeah. But he make, he. make. I think he came back, if I'm correct. Didn't he play for the did Ravens? Did he really? I think he came back for a season or two. I believe he – he played for the Ravens. I may be wrong, but I, he, I think he did come back in the NFL and played a couple of seasons. But he, he got lost when, when, when yeah. Schottenheim was here. He was the first wow. person out the door. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, Pickles brings up the ties. <laughs> I'm That's sorry right. about that. <laughs> that was one of uh, the Snyder eras, the Snyder regime's worst Biggest decision disaster right to there, bring Albert Haysworth here. Yeah. I mean, he was such a headache and – uh, they brought him here in 2009. Yeah. And then in 2010 is, oh, he just had just a horrible season that year. That was a year that they lost a Monday night game to the Eagles that year. And Hainsworth was on the, he fell on the field and Michael Vick, the Eagles quarterback was scrambling yeah. around. He had all day to pass back there. Hainsworth was just lying on the field and he didn't get up. And yeah. The offensive line is looking around. What, what am I supposed to do? I don't need to block this guy. He's just lying on the field right now. He so, did not. He just wanted to get that guaranteed money and get out of there. Oh my God, he was guaranteed so much money. Yeah, yeah. Snyder paid him so much money. It was just an embarrassment. Whew! Thank God those days are over with. <laughs> yeah. Well, he should have. I mean, any team should have known after he had the incident where he stepped on the uh, the helmet of the Cowboys player, uh, Garrard from yeah, Dallas. He was just a, yeah, he was Andre major, Yeah, Andre, right. He was just a major cancer. He should not have yeah. been here in the first place. Yeah, it was just a bad fit. You know, I always got good memories of him because he played great for Tennessee. Then he played great for the Titans, but he said he didn't want to put him in the three-four, and he doesn't want to admit that, that. Hey, it was just about the money. He said Tampa offered him more money. He said he got lied to, but I don't believe Hainsworth. 
Yeah. <laughs> wasn't he? Wasn't he NFL Defensive Player of the Year one year? Uh, if he if he wasn't, he was very close. He yeah. was he dominated. Man, he was great against the run. But he played for uh, with, with that with that four three under Fisher. I can't remember our defensive coordinator at that time, but the defensive line coach very good. But uh, you know, he always had anger problems and weight problems, and go figure. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, so. yeah, he, he was just a major headache. He it was just a <laughs> bad decision for Snyder and his his front office to bring him here. But it was one of the just the egregious mistakes that the Snyder made during his ownership. I mean, uh, one one was um, alienating Brad Johnson, who was a really good quarterback in the ninety nine oh, yeah. season. He had a yeah, four thousand yard passing season. But uh, th- then they uh, he acquired Jeff George. So yeah. Jeff George and Brad Johnson were competing throughout the 2000 season. They, they were playing a few games here and there. And, and it just made Brad Johnson so angry. And he left. And won the Super season. Bowl with Tampa. He, he, exactly. He won, got a Super Bowl ring with Tampa. And then the second worst mistake, in my opinion, was getting rid of Martin Schottenheimer. Because Schottenheimer coached the team to an 8-8 record. Yeah. Disciplinarian. He coached yeah. them to an 8-8 record in 2000. And they started 0-5 that year. And I, I think he would have continued with them. He would have had them in the playoffs. He was a disciplinarian, but the players figured out – they rallied around him. At first, they didn't like him. Like we said, Deion Sanders, he, he got lost. Yeah. Um, Daryl Green didn't like him. Bruce Smith didn't like him. But then they rallied around him. He I was forgot Daryl Green was still on that team. Wow. Yeah, he, he retired after the 2002 season. He played 20 okay. years here. Well, he was great, man. My dad loved yeah. Daryl Green. <laughs> Mr. Consistent. Uh, do you have anything else you need to plug, Mike? Um, all of my books, actually, three of my four books are available for sale through my website. The Washington Redskins Football Vault sold out after its pr- first printing in 2010, 6,000 copies. But I have wow. copies of all of the other books, especially, of course, the uh, George Allen of Football Life uh, and the Redskins Encyclopedia and Joe Gibbs and Enduring Legacy. All of those books are available and make for great holiday gifts. And yep. just go to my website, MikeRichmanJournalist.com. I'll give you a personalized copy, signed copy. And um, yeah. And it'd be cheaper if they're shipped through you, through your website, than order them individually through Amazon, right? I believe so, yeah. Okay. If you if you're gonna I read that off your website. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if you're if you're gonna buy those individually, first of all, you, the Joe Gibbs book isn't available through Amazon. Okay. It's only available through me. Okay. Um but um, so the Redskins Encyclopedia is the only other book that's available through Amazon. Okay. Right. Gotcha. gotcha. And the and of course George Allen Football Life is available through Amazon. Wow, this has been fun. I really appreciate you wanting to come on. Thanks for coming. Thank you very much, Robert. I I really uh, love the conversation. Sorry, I butchered your name uh, when when I first got on. Oh no, no pick. Well, Pickles, he's he's one of my regulars uh, that 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 you know, like to chime in. Him, Chad. Olivia, I mean, yeah, I just, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like a little crew here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this has been great, and I, I, I love your questions. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, not only ask about asking me about George Allen, but you, we really went through Red's history. Yeah, I lo- hey, I love this. And, and yeah, uh, and Allen, yeah, that, that that's an interesting – so he kind of set the tone is what you're saying for what Gibbs kind of ran with. But, yes, he did set the yeah. tone exactly. He, okay. he it was like an, the awakening of a sleeping giant with yeah. Allen because when he came here in 1971, he took them to the playoffs for the first time in a quarter century. They finished nine four one that year. So 
the fans were just, you know, they were longing for a winner and, and he delivered. And then, and then he went to the playoffs a total of five times in DC during yeah. his coaching years here. And then Gibbs, he took it and ran with it, right. He, the fanaticism went, took on a whole new dimension with Gibbs. I mean, yeah. being, he went, they went to four Super Bowls and won three of them during the Gibbs years. They were one of the elite teams in the NFL during that, his 12 year period. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That Redskins of 49ers. That's the two teams I think about when I think about the eighties football, we throw in the 85 bears, but there were more consistency with, with those two organizations. Okay. And the Giants okay. too. The Giants were good too. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Giants. Yeah. Yeah. LT. I mean, can't, can't, uh, can't disrespect Parcells and uh, Belichick there, you know? So right, Kathy right, right. says, thanks guys. Chad says, thanks. Uh, well, have a good have a good night, Mike. And and listen, I'll, I'll tag you with all this. Uh, I might not get it all tonight, but I'm gonna I'm gonna blot it out just to part for your interview, and I'll send you that as well uh, here on Facebook. I think we're I think we're friends on Facebook. Uh, if we're not, I can I'll get it to you. Well, I'm, follow, I'm following your page on, on Facebook. Oh, you are okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, well, we I'll just put separate, it in that way, and I'll clip it. We have a separate it, Facebook page as well. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. This is the Facebook that we're on now. Page and and you can I don't know if I'm individual friends with you or not but either way you'll be I'll be able to clip that and um, you can take it from the page that way I just now thought about that yeah <laughs> oh you you'll send me like an MP4 or yeah well something or uh, yeah yeah I could do that and uh, but I'm saying like here on the Facebook part take out the early part of the show just the interview with you and you can okay. use it for whatever you want to. <laughs> that I would really appreciate that. Yes, I would like yeah. to use it for my own social media as well. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll comment on your on your page too. Yeah, yeah. I'll do that. And and of course, I've got it on Spotify. I can send you the podcast too. You know, because I, I download the show to the podcast. Yes, please send that too. Yeah, send it just our, just our interview. Uh, but I'll send the whole show, and um, I'll I'll definitely use it for my social media. Yeah, now the podcast, I don't know if I can I can clip it like that, but I'm still learning this StreamYard system, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great show. I love your initiative and um, yeah. obviously very ambitious. And, uh, uh, yeah, thank you for doing this. Yeah, yeah, no problem, man. I'm like yourself. I, I'm totally independent. It's all me. All, all my own money. Now I got a day job being a mail carrier and a uh, medical lab carrier and then uh, five days a week. I do this show. I, it's the second year of going five days a week. You know, it's a major sacrifice. I used to work 14 hours a day. Now I work about eight and then I do the show five days a week. So, you know, that's great. Yeah. So I'm trying to get the, the national radio show going, but I'm just doing, doing it with my, by my own rules. If you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Well, we'll keep me in mind if you want to have me back, talk about it. When the coaching change does happen, yes, we yeah, talk about that. Uh, that's huge. That's huge. I, you know, I, I bring in uh, uh, former Dallas Cowboy Jim Jeffcoat. I'm sure you're familiar with him. Yes, I work with him on Sundays, and sometimes he comes on the program. It's a very good friend of mine. I've been working with him for about three years, and I've got a super fan friend that's getting pretty well known. His name is uh, Jamie Pags. Is a Philly Defa guy. And uh, I got Jack uh, Jack McGraw, better known as uh, John McGraw, better known as Mac. He's a super Giants fan. So I got the whole NFC East. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, you I think, in there, you be there. There you go. We got the commanders. Yeah, I think the Eagles are the cream of the crop right now. But um, it'll be interesting to see what happens to them in the playoffs because 
I mean, I just while the Eagles are, are just dominating yeah. everybody right now, they have been. I think they trailed at halftime of the past four games, which yeah. is not really a good sign. Okay, I even think though they are. Put, who, who do you like Sunday, real quick? 49ers, Eagles. You're gonna have to tell me where that game is in San it's Francisco. It's at Philadelphia. Right? Yeah. So it's at Philadelphia. Four twenty-five Eastern. You know, I brought like Purdy. The 49ers. I already I already made the prediction. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the 49ers. Yeah, they're two and a half point favorites, and they're they're healthier too, by the way, than the Eagles. Yeah. Go dirt's out. Fletcher Cox is probably not gonna play. Right, right, right. Two and the Eagles, were, I mean, I don't want to say they were lucky to beat the Bills on Sunday, but a fifty, you know, hitting a fifty-nine yard field goal in the driving rain. I mean, in the driving rain, yeah, yeah. Hurts. So, and also, they, I mean, their special teams really stepped forward for them. Yeah, they had a block kick, and the Bills kicker also missed missed a chip shot. So all those special teams plays decided the game. Speaking of special, George Allen and special teams, I mean, he was the uh, pioneer in the in the area of special teams in professional football. And I think I think the Eagles are like 28th against the pass. It, I think I'm like you. I think it's going to catch up with them in the playoffs. They lost the they lost the Super Bowl. No team has went back, not named New England since the salary cap era began in '94. Uh, went back to the Super Bowl, and you're, I mean, you know that you know that, right? Yes. So, I I think this is going to. I agree. It's going to catch up to them. I think that um, you know being being, you know, behind at halftime in the past four games. And also the offense, the regular season do- doesn't dictate everything. I mean, you just look at the 16-0 New England Patriots from 2007. Yep. Yep. I mean, they were rolling over everybody through the regular season. And then, of course, they won their first two playoff games. Then they lost in the Super Bowl. So I don't yeah. even know I if the Eagles happening. I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Here in Tennessee, the Titans, they get put out in the divisional round in 2000 uh, to the Baltimore Ravens. They lost the Super Bowl the year prior and I'm still getting over that loss, man. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, I, I got to give it to Jalen Hurts. I mean, I think he's – yeah. he and Mahomes are the top two quarterbacks in the league right now. Yeah. I mean, and to have one of the elite quarterbacks, I mean, that takes you a long way. You really need an elite quarterback to win a Super Bowl. And yeah. Eagles have that. And it, he, okay. it's probably his MVP to lose at this point. I would say so, yeah. And they have they have great receivers, uh, Brown and, and the other guy. Yeah, and, I know. We gave um, them a J. Brown. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, their, their offense is solid, but I know Fletcher Cox is out. So yeah, yeah, Goldert's not going to play. They might get Zach Hurts, but not this week. Right. So have a good night. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate it. Yeah, buddy. All right, everybody. Uh, if you'd like the show, share the show. Tomorrow I'll be back here with Carlos Mad New Yorker uh, Chavez here. Um, Bad New Yorker Chavez here. Uh, same time, same place here on Sports Go. So please share the program. Great, great guest. Uh, great, uh, great crowd here tonight as well, everybody.